Part Two of the First Apology of Justin Martyr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Leeson. The First Apology by Justin Martyr, translated by Alexander Roberts and James Donaldson. Part Two, Chapters Twenty through Thirty Nine. Chapter Twenty heathen analogies to Christian doctrine. And the Sibyl and Histaspes said that there should be a dissolution by God of things corruptible. And the philosophers called Stoics teach that even God himself shall be resolved into fire, and they say that the world is to be formed anew by this revolution. But we understand that God, the creator of all things, is superior to the things that are to be changed. If, therefore, on some points we teach the same things as the poets and philosophers whom you honor, and on other points are fuller and more divine in our teaching, and if we alone afford proof of what we assert, why are we unjustly hated more than all others? For while we say that all things have been produced and arranged into a world by God, we shall seem to utter the doctrine of Plato, and while we say that there will be a burning up of all, we shall seem to utter the doctrine of the Stoics. And while we affirm that the souls of the wicked, being endowed with sensation even after death, are punished, and that those of the good being delivered from punishment spend a blessed existence, we shall seem to say the same things as the poets and philosophers. And while we maintain that men ought not to worship the works of their hands, we say the very things which have been said by the comic poet Menander, and other similar writers, for they have declared that the workman is greater than the work. Chapter 21. Analogies to the History of Christ. And when we say also that the Word, who is the first birth of God, was produced without sexual union, and that He, Jesus Christ our Teacher, was crucified and died and rose again and ascended into heaven, we propound nothing different from what you believe regarding those whom you esteem sons of Jupiter. For you know how many sons your esteemed writers ascribe to Jupiter, Mercury, the interpreting word and teacher of all, Aesculapius, who, though he was a great physician, was struck by a thunderbolt, and so ascended to heaven, and Bacchus, too, after he had been torn limb from limb, and Hercules, when he had committed himself to the flames to escape his toils, and the sons of Leda, and Dioscore, and Perseus, son of Danae, and Bellerophon, who, though sprung from mortals, rose to heaven on the horse Pegasus. For what shall I say of Ariadne, and those who, like her, have been declared to be set among the stars? And what of the emperors who die among yourselves, whom you deem worthy of deification, and in whose behalf you produce some one who swears he has seen the burning Caesar rise to heaven from the funeral pyre? And what kind of deeds are recorded of these reputed sons of Jupiter, it is needless to tell to those who already know. This only shall be said, that they are written for the advantage and encouragement of youthful scholars, for all reckon it an honorable thing to imitate the gods. But far be such a thought concerning the gods from every well-conditioned soul, as to believe that Jupiter himself, the governor and creator of all things, was both a parricide and the son of a parricide, and that being overcome by the love of base and shameful pleasures, he came in to Ganymede and those many women whom he had violated and that his sons did like actions. But, as we said above, wicked devils perpetrated these things, 
And we have learned that those only are deified who have lived near to God in holiness and virtue, and we believe that those who live wickedly and do not repent are punished in everlasting fire. Chapter 22 Analogies to the Sonship of Christ Moreover, the Son of God, called Jesus, even if only a man by ordinary generation, yet on account of his wisdom, is worthy to be called the Son of God. For all writers call God the Father of men and gods. And if we assert that the Word of God was born of God in a peculiar manner, different from ordinary generation, let this, as said above, be no extraordinary thing to you, who say that Mercury is the angelic Word of God. But if any one objects that he was crucified, in this also he is on a par with those reputed sons of Jupiter of yours, who suffered as we have now enumerated. For their sufferings at death are recorded to have been not all alike, but diverse, so that not even by the peculiarity of his sufferings does he seem to be inferior to them, but on the contrary, as we promised in the preceding part of this discourse, we will now prove him superior or rather have already proved him to be so, for the superior is revealed by his actions. And if we even affirm that he was born of a virgin, accept this in common with what you accept of Perseus, and in that we say that he made whole the lame, the paralytic, and those born blind, we seem to say what is very similar to the deed said to have been done by Aesculapius. Chapter 23. The Argument and that this may now become evident to you, firstly, that whatever we assert in conformity with what has been taught us by Christ and by the prophets who preceded him are alone true, and are older than all the writers who have existed, that we claim to be acknowledged, not because we say the same things as these writers said, but because we say true things, and, secondly, that Jesus Christ is the only proper Son who has been begotten by God, being his word and first begotten and power, and becoming man according to his will, he taught us these things for the conversion and restoration of the human race. And thirdly, that before he became a man among men, some, influenced by the demons before mentioned, related beforehand, through the instrumentality of the poets, those circumstances as having really happened which, having fictitiously devised, they narrated, in the same manner as they have caused to be fabricated, the scandalous reports against us of infamous and impious actions, of which there is neither witness nor proof, we shall bring forward the following proof. Chapter 24. Varieties of Heathen Worship. In the first place we furnish proof, because, though we say things similar to what the Greeks say, we only are hated on account of the name of Christ, and though we do no wrong, are put to death as sinners. Other men in other places worshipping trees and rivers, and mice and cats and crocodiles, and many irrational animals. Nor are the same animals esteemed by all, but in one place one is worshipped, and another in another so that all are profane in the judgment of one another, on account of their not worshipping the same objects. And this is the sole accusation you bring against us, that we do not reverence the same gods as you do, nor offer to the dead libations and the savour of fat, and crowns for their statues and sacrifices. For you very well know that the same animals are with some esteemed gods, with others wild beasts, and with others sacrificial victims." Chapter 25. False Gods Abandoned by Christians 
and secondly because we who out of every race of men used to worship bacchus the son of semele and apollo the son of latona who in their loves with men did such things as it is shameful even to mention and proserpine and venus who were maddened with love of adonis and whose mysteries also you celebrate or Aesculapius, or some one or other of those who are called gods have now through jesus christ learned to despise these though we be threatened with death for it and have dedicated ourselves to the unbegotten and impossible god of whom we are persuaded that never was he goaded by lust of antiope or such other women or of ganymede nor was rescued by that hundred-handed giant whose aid was obtained through thetis nor was anxious on this account that her son achilles should destroy many of the greeks because of his concubine briseis those who believe these things we pity and those who invented them we know to be devils chapter twenty six magicians not trusted by christians and thirdly because after christ's ascension into heaven the devils put forward certain men who said that they themselves were gods and they were not only not persecuted by you but even deemed worthy of honors there was a samaritan simon a native of the village called Gito, who in the reign of Claudius Caesar, and in your royal city of Rome, did mighty acts of magic, by virtue of the art of the devils operating in him. He was considered a god, and as a god was honored by you with a statue, which statue was erected on the river Tiber, between the two bridges, and bore this inscription, in the language of Rome, Simoni Deo Sancto, to Simon the Holy God and almost all the samaritans and a few even of other nations worship him and acknowledge him as the first god and a woman helena who went about with him at that time and had formerly been a prostitute they say is the first idea generated by him and a man meander also a samaritan of the town caparatia a disciple of simon and inspired by devils we know to have deceived many while he was in antioch by his magical art he persuaded those who adhered to him that they should never die, and even now there are some living who hold this opinion of his. And there is Marcion, a man of Pontus, who is even at this day alive, and teaching his disciples to believe in some other god greater than the Creator. And he, by the aid of the devils, has caused many of every nation to speak blasphemies, and to deny that God is the maker of this universe, and to assert that some other being, greater than he, has done greater works. All who take their opinions from these men are, as we before said, called Christians, just as also those who do not agree with the philosophers in their doctrines have yet in common with them the name of philosophers given to them. And whether they perpetrate those fabulous and shameful deeds, the upsetting of the lamp, and promiscuous intercourse, and eating human flesh, we know not. But we do know that they are neither persecuted nor put to death by you, at least on account of their opinions. But I have a treatise against all the heresies that have existed already composed, which, if you wish to read it, I will give you. Chapter 27. Guilt of Exposing Children but as for us we have been taught that to expose newly born children is the part of wicked men and this we have been taught lest we should do any one an injury and lest we should sin against god first because we see that almost all so exposed not only the girls but also the males are brought up to prostitution 
and as the ancients are said to have reared herds of oxen or goats or sheep or grazing horses so now we see you rear children only for this shameful use and for this pollution a multitude of females and hermaphrodites and those who commit unmentionable iniquities are found in every nation and you receive the hire of these and duty and taxes from them whom you ought to exterminate from your realm and any one who uses such persons besides the godless and infamous and impure intercourse may possibly be having intercourse with his own child or relative or brother and there are some who prostitute even their own children and wives and some are openly mutilated for the purpose of sodomy and they refer these mysteries to the mother of the gods and along with each of those whom you esteem gods there is painted a serpent a great symbol and mystery indeed the things which you do openly and with applause as if the divine light were overturned and extinguished these you lay to our charge which in truth does no harm to us who shrink from doing any such things but only to those who do them and bear false witness against us chapter twenty eight god's care for men for among us the prince of the wicked spirits is called the serpent and satan and the devil as you can learn by looking into our writings and that he would be sent into the fire with his host and the men who follow him and would be punished for an endless duration christ foretold for the reason why god has delayed to do this is his regard for the human race for he foreknows that some are to be saved by repentance some even that are perhaps not yet born in the beginning he made the human race with the power of thought and of choosing the truth and doing right so that all men are without excuse before god for they have been born rational and contemplative and if any one disbelieves that god cares for these things he will thereby either insinuate that god does not exist or he will assert that though he exists he delights in vice or exists like a stone and that neither virtue nor vice are anything but only in the opinion of men these things are reckoned good or evil and this is the greatest profanity and wickedness chapter twenty nine continents of christians and again we fear to expose children lest some of them be not picked up but die and we become murderers but whether we marry it is only that we may bring up children or whether we decline marriage we live continently and that you may understand that promiscuous intercourse is not one of our mysteries one of our number a short time ago presented to felix the governor in alexandria a petition craving that permission might be given to a surgeon to make him a eunuch for the surgeons there said that they were forbidden to do this without the permission of the governor and when felix absolutely refused to sign such a permission the youth remained single and was satisfied with his own approving conscience and the approval of those who thought as he did and it is not out of place we think to mention here antinous who was alive but lately and whom all were prompt through fear to worship as a god though they knew both who he was and what was his origin chapter thirty was christ not a magician but lest any one should meet us with the question what should prevent that he whom we call christ being a man born of men performed what we call his mighty works by magical art and by this appeared to be the son of god we will now offer proof not trusting mere assertions but being of necessity persuaded by those who prophesied of him before these things came to pass 
For with our own eyes we behold things that have happened, and are happening just as they were predicted, and this will, we think, appear even to you the strongest and truest evidence. Chapter 31 Of the Hebrew Prophets There were then among the Jews certain men who were prophets of God, through whom the prophetic spirit published beforehand things that were to come to pass, ere they ever happened. And their prophecies, as they were spoken and when they were uttered, the kings who happened to be reigning among the Jews at the several times, carefully preserved in their possession, when they had been arranged in books by the prophets themselves in their own Hebrew language. And when Ptolemy, king of Egypt, formed a library, and endeavored to collect the writings of all men, he heard also of these prophets, and sent to Herod, who was at that time king of the Jews, requesting that the books of the prophets be sent to him. And Herod the king did indeed send them, written as they were, in the foresaid Hebrew language. And when their contents were found to be unintelligible to the Egyptians, he again sent and requested that men be commissioned to translate them into the Greek language. And when this was done, the books remained with the Egyptians, where they are until now. They are also in the possession of all Jews throughout the world, but they, though they read, do not understand what is said, but count us foes and enemies, and like yourselves, they kill and punish us wherever they have the power, as you can well believe. For in the Jewish war which lately raged, Barcochabas, the leader of the revolt of the Jews, gave orders that Christians alone should be led to cruel punishments, unless they would deny Jesus Christ and utter blasphemy. In these books, then, of the prophets we found Jesus our Christ foretold as coming, born of a virgin, growing up to man's estate, and healing every disease and every sickness, and raising the dead, and being hated, and unrecognized, and crucified, and dying, and rising again, and ascending into heaven, and being, and being called the Son of God. We find it also predicted that certain persons should be sent by him into every nation to publish these things, and that rather among the Gentiles than among the Jews, men should believe on him. And he was predicted before he appeared, first five thousand years before, and again three thousand, then two thousand, then one thousand, and yet again eight hundred. For in the succession of generations prophets after prophets arose. Chapter 32 Christ Predicted by Moses Moses, then, who was the first of the prophets, spoke in these very words, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until he come for whom it is reserved, and he shall be the desire of the nations, binding his foal to the vine, washing his robe in the blood of the grape. It is yours to make accurate inquiry, and ascertain up to whose time the Jews had a lawgiver and king of their own. Up to the time of Jesus Christ, who taught us, and interpreted the prophecies which were not yet understood, they had a lawgiver, as was foretold by the holy and divine spirit of prophecy through Moses, that a ruler would not fail the Jews until he should come for whom the kingdom was reserved, for Judah was the forefather of the Jews, from whom also they had their name of Jews, and after he, i.e. Christ, appeared, you began to rule the Jews, and gained possession of all their territory. And the prophecy, He shall be the expectation of the nations, signified that there would be some of all nations who should look for him to come again. And this indeed you can see for yourselves, and be convinced of by fact. 
for of all races of men there are some who look for him who was crucified in Judea, and after whose crucifixion the land was straightway surrendered to you as spoil of war. And the prophecy, binding his folds with a vine and washing his robe in the blood of the grape, was a significant symbol of the things that were to happen to Christ, and of what he was to do. For the foal of an ass stood bound to a vine at the entrance of a village, and he ordered his acquaintances to bring it to him then, and when it was brought, he mounted and sat upon it, and entered Jerusalem, where was the vast temple of the Jews, which was afterwards destroyed by you. And after this he was crucified, that the rest of the prophecy might be fulfilled. For this washing his robe in the blood of the grape was predictive of the passion he was to endure, cleansing by his blood those who believe on him. For what is called by the divine spirit through the prophet his robe, are those men who believe in him in whom abideth the seed of God, the word. And what is spoken of as the blood of the grape signifies that he who should appear would have blood, though not of the seed of man, but of the power of God. And the first power after God the Father and Lord of all is the word, who is also the Son. And of him we will, in what follows, relate how he took flesh and became man. For as man did not make the blood of the vine, but God, so it was hereby intimated that the blood should not be of human seed, but of divine power, as we have said above. And Isaiah, another prophet, foretelling the same things in other words, spoke thus, A star shall rise out of Jacob, and a flower shall spring from the root of Jesse, and his arm shall the nations trust. And a star of light has arisen, and a flower has sprung from the root of Jesse, this Christ. For by the power of God he was conceived by a virgin of the seed of Jacob, who was the father of Judah, who, as we have shown, was the father of the Jews, and Jesse was his forefather according to the oracle, and he was the son of Jacob and Judah according to lineal descent. Chapter 33. Manner of Christ's Birth Predicted And here again how Isaiah in express words foretold that he should be born of a virgin, for he spoke thus, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bring forth a son, and they shall say for his name, God with us. For things which were incredible and seemed impossible with men, these God predicted by the spirit of prophecy as about to come to pass, in order that, when they came to pass, there might be no unbelief, but faith because of their prediction. But lest some, not understanding the prophecy now cited, should charge us with the very things we have been laying to the charge of the poets, who say that Jupiter went in to women through lust, let us try to explain the words. This, then, behold, a virgin shall conceive, signifies that a virgin should conceive without intercourse. For if she had had intercourse with any one whatever, she was no longer a virgin. But the power of God having come upon the virgin overshadowed her, and caused her while yet a virgin to conceive. And the angel of God who was sent to the same virgin at that time brought her good news, saying, Behold, thou shalt conceive of the Holy Ghost, and shalt bear a son, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." as they who have recorded all that concerns our Saviour Jesus Christ have taught, whom we believed, since by Isaiah also, whom we have now adduced, the spirit of prophecy declared that he should be born as we intimated before. It is wrong, therefore, to understand the spirit and the power of God as anything else than the word, 
who is also the firstborn of God, as the foresaid prophet Moses declared, and it was this which, when it came upon the virgin and overshadowed her, caused her to conceive, not by intercourse, but by power. And the name Jesus in the Hebrew language means soter, savior, in the Greek tongue. Wherefore, too, the angel said to the virgin, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And that the prophets are inspired by no other than the divine word, even you, as I fancy, will grant. Chapter 34. Place of Christ's Birth Foretold And hear what part of earth he was to be born in, as another prophet Micah foretold. He spoke thus, And thou, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come forth a governor, who shall feed my people. Now there is a village in the land of the Jews, thirty-five stadia from Jerusalem, in which Jesus Christ was born, as you can ascertain also from the registers of the taxing made under Cyrenius, your first procurator in Judea. Chapter 35. Other Fulfilled Prophecies And how Christ, after he was born to escape the notice of other men until he grew to man's estate, which also came to pass, hear what was foretold regarding this. There are the following predictions. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a young man is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, which is significant of the power of the cross, for to it, when he was crucified, he applied his shoulders, as shall be more clearly made out in the ensuing discourse. And again the same prophet Isaiah, being inspired by the prophetic spirit, said, I have spread out my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people, to those who walk in a way that is not good. They now ask of me judgment, and dare to draw near to God. And again, in other words, through another prophet, he says, They pierced my hands and my feet, and for my vesture they cast lots. And indeed David, the king and prophet, who uttered these things, suffered none of them. But Jesus Christ stretched forth his hands, being crucified by the Jews speaking against him, and denying that he was the Christ. And as the prophet spoke, they tormented him, and set him on the judgment seat, and said, Judge us. And the expression, They pierced my hands and my feet, was used in reference to the nails of the cross which were fixed in his hands and feet. And after he was crucified, they cast lots upon his vesture, and they that crucified him parted it among them. And that these things did happen, you can ascertain from the acts of Pontius Pilate. And we will cite the prophetic utterances of another prophet, Zephaniah, to the effect that he was foretold expressly as to sit upon the foal of an ass and to enter Jerusalem. The words are these, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal of an ass. Chapter 36. Different Modes of Prophecy but when you hear the utterances of the prophets spoken as if it were personally, you must not suppose that they are spoken by the inspired themselves, but by the divine word who moves them. For sometimes he declares things that are to come to pass, in the manner of one who foretells the future, sometimes he speaks as from the person of God the Lord and Father of all, sometimes as from the person of Christ, sometimes as from the person of the people answering the Lord or his Father, just as you can see even in your own writers, 
one man being the writer of the whole, but introducing the persons who converse. And this the Jews who possessed the books of the prophets did not understand, and therefore did not recognize Christ even when he came, but even hate us who say that he has come, and who prove that, as was predicted, he was crucified by them. Chapter 37 Utterances of the Father And that this too may be clear to you, there were spoken from the person of the Father through Isaiah the prophet the following words, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know, and my people hath not understood. Woe, sinful nation, a people full of sins, a wicked seed, children that are transgressors, ye have forsaken the Lord. And again elsewhere, when the same prophet speaks in like manner from the person of the Father, What is the house that ye will build for me, saith the Lord? The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. And again in another place, Your new moons and your sabbaths my soul hateth, and the great day of the fast and of ceasing from labor I cannot away with. Nor, if ye come to be seen of me, will I hear you. Your hands are full of blood, and if ye bring fine flour, incense, it is an abomination to me. The fat of lambs and the blood of bulls I do not desire. For who hath required this at your hands? But loose every bond of wickedness, tear asunder the tight knots of violent contracts, cover the houseless, and naked deal thy bread to the hungry. What kind of things are taught through the prophets from the person of God you can now perceive? Chapter 38 Utterances of the Son And when the spirit of prophecy speaks from the person of Christ, the utterances are of this sort. I have spread out my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people, to those who walk in a way that is not good. And again, I gave my back to the scourges, and my cheeks to the buffetings. I turned not away my face from the shame of spittings, and the Lord was my helper. Therefore was I not confounded, but I set my face as a firm rock, and I knew that I should not be ashamed, for he is near that justifieth me. And again, when he says, they cast lots upon my vesture, and pierced my hands and my feet. And I lay down and slept, and rose again, because the Lord sustained me. And again, when he says, They spake with their lips, they wagged the head, saying, Let him deliver himself. And that all these things happened to Christ at the hands of the Jews, you can ascertain. For when he was crucified, they did shoot out the lip, and wagged their heads, saying, Let him who raised the dead save himself. Chapter 39. Direct Predictions by the Spirit And when the spirit of prophecy speaks as predicting things that are to come to pass, he speaks in this way, For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning-hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And that it did so come to pass, we can convince you. For from Jerusalem there went out into the world men, twelve in number, and these illiterate, of no ability in speaking. But by the power of God they proclaimed to every race of men that they were sent by Christ to teach to all the word of God. And we who formerly used to murder one another do not only now refrain from making war upon our enemies, but also, 
that we may not lie nor deceive our examiners, willingly die confessing Christ. For that saying, the tongue has sworn but the mind is unsworn, might be imitated by us in this matter. But if the soldiers enrolled by you, and who have taken the military oath, prefer their allegiance to their own life, and parents, and country, and all kindred, though you can offer them nothing incorruptible, it were very ridiculous if we, who earnestly long for incorruption, should not endure all things, in order to obtain what we desire from him who is able to grant it. End of Part 2